You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Kay, I want to welcome you. I'm so excited. Today we're going to have a guest who is an animal and a, a celebrity trainer for animals, also an author, and he's going to talk about a few different ways to train our animals and also to tell us a few wonderful things about our friendly company, Bill Jack. So we'll be right back after this break, and I'll see you then. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Hi everybody, Cheryl Kay here with Unleashed. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm so excited today because we have a great guest, Joel Silverman. He is a Hollywood celebrity trainer. He is a behaviorist. He knows so many different things about animals. He's written books. So welcome, Joel. I'm so glad to have you. And why don't we tell the audience a little bit about you? Well, I actually grew up in Southern California doing the, um, started working at SeaWorld. I, uh, when I was about 16 years old, I started picking up trash because uh, I wanted to train marine mammals. And I heard that's kind of how you get your foot in the door. And so I just started doing that. And uh, I started bugging the trainer, the director of training. And eventually I got hired there um, to kind of as an apprentice trainer and eventually work with dolphins, sea lions, and eventually killer whales. So a lot of my training actually, or a lot of my style of, in dog training really comes from working with marine mammals and specifically working with killer whales back in the um, back in the early, uh, late 70s, early 80s. As I said, I grew up in Southern California, so I left SeaWorld, went back to L.A., started doing the animal show at Universal Studios. I put a dolphin show, I did a dolphin show at Six Flags Magic Mountain. I put one in at Knott's Berry Farm, so ended up doing a theme park, you know, a show in almost every theme park in Southern California with the exception of Disneyland, and started doing the animal show at Universal Studios, and that's kind of what got me into training birds, dogs, and cats. Birds, and, um, big birds. Birds as well, yeah, yeah, exactly, and birds and dogs and cats. And so, you know, I trained Dreyfus on the TV series Empty Nest and the late, you know, some of the things that people might recognize, you know, uh, from 1988 to 92. We did 192 tapings of that show, and we were on, it was a show on, it was after Golden Girls, of those people that are old enough to remember. Um, that was my was Saturday night. night show, excuse me. It was, it, it was. <laughs> the yeah, greatest. It was, exactly. It was a lot of fun. So I did that, and then I ended up doing a, a video called The Hollywood Dog Training Program right about that time. It was a... It was a VHS. If you people just Google uh, Hollywood Dog Training Program, you'll you'll see they still sell them on eBay and things. And but that's what really got me into working in front of the camera. And then um, then about ten years later, I got a chance to host Good Dog You on Animal Planet, one of the very first shows. And it was one of the highest rated shows when it first came out. And that, that was in, in like 1999. 
since that time, you know, I, um, I've just written, you know, about four books, hosted another TV series, been responsible for training all the dogs in um, a lot of different types of commercials and things like that, and have had a great relationship with, with Bill Jack Dog Food as well uh, over the course of time. And I actually met the owners uh, on a shoot we were doing, actually, in the um, when I was working on Empty Nest, basically in 1991. And I've kind of had a relationship with them ever since as well. So we'll, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that a little later. But but anyway, that's kind of uh, that's kind of my story. And uh, a lot of people recognize me from the Chase commercial. Uh, Chase had contacted me. Chase Bank had contacted me about two and a half years ago because they were doing, or about two years ago because they were doing a, a campaign with this new campaign, and they wanted myself, Serena Williams, and Tim Morehouse, who is a, a, a famous set fencing champion. They wanted to. They're looking for people that have actually excelled in their careers. And so we shot this commercial and in New York, and it ended up airing about 4,000 times. And they stopped it last April of last year, but it aired about 4,000 times. And my picture, my dog's picture, Duchess, were in the, all the Chase banks and uh, across America for a good chunk of um, a good chunk of last year. So we're very thankful for that. So a lot of people recognize me for that as well. Right, but I've seen that commercial more recently than April. I, I'm pretty sure I have. I don't look oh, at really? anything at the bank. I look at the dog, and then I worry about that she's going to go out in the street. <laughs> right, exactly. That's funny. That's funny. But anyway, yeah, so we're very, very thankful. A lot of people, you know, do recognize me from that as well. Right. Now, in, you know, looking at some of your videos yesterday, I did see one with the dogs lined up, and that's the one where you get them to roll over, correct? That's in the Chase commercial, yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's what I remember, that too. I, I wouldn't that know was it was Chase. the bank. I just focus the on the bank, animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, and you know, what do, What exactly do you do with um, Bill Jack? I know they have a great uh, treat program, and I know they're very much on, you know, keeping dogs fit and trim and how to keep them fit and trim. And now, you know, for some areas, the winter. Yeah, my story is kind of interesting, and I always like to let people know that um, I had met Bob Kelly, who's the owner of Bill Jack, on a shoot we were doing in um, 1991, and we were just filming, and you know he was there, and he was involved with the production, and he was just a really, you know, just a real nice guy and everything, and kind of explained to me about Bill Jack and really the difference between Bill Jack and some of the other foods. And one of the things that he said to me is something that I explain to people now because I'm not really a food guy. You know, I don't really understand, like, I'm not a veterinarian. I'm not a engineer or, you know, chemist or anything like that. I'm just an average dog trainer, you know. But one thing he explained to me was that most dog foods are cooked at very high temperatures, okay? And what happened is they collect, they created this what's called a slow-cooking vacuum process where the food was cooked at low enough heats where the amino acids were not damaged. If it's the higher the heat that you cook the food, the more the aminos are damaged. The lower the heat, the less they are. And you want the, your dogs to be able to get as much of that as, as they possibly can. In general, that's really what they do. They avoid that heat damage that can occur in most expanded dog foods. And, um, and then they put the, you know, the right blend of vitamins and minerals to make it a complete, complete and balanced diet. And that's, that's kind of their story. So I met them. I've been feeding the food for years. People can go to my website and they can look at my dog, Foster. We're going to videotape him actually pretty, fairly soon because we haven't. I retired him about four or five years ago when I started using Duchess. But he is almost 13 years old. And if you watch him work right now, I mean, he looks and acts like he's like five. And he's 13. That's and like the black and white, like uh, Shetland that you have? He's a uh, little terrier mix. Okay. He's on the cover of all my books. If okay. you look at all my books, he's a little great. He's a little gray dog. He's a dachshund. He's adopted, so... Uh, but he's a dachshund miniature schnauzer mix, basically. Oh, okay. 
But he's a great, great little guy. But anyway, the, the, the whole thing is, they, I just got a letter from a, a woman. As a matter of fact, she just wrote me a letter. They just had to put their dog down uh, at a very, very old age. But one of the reasons she started, she sent me the letter was just to say thank you for talking about Bill Jack because she put her dog on Bill Jack and her dog lived a great life and the coat was great. His coat, you know, the dog's coat was great and they just really appreciated it. So getting those types of letters from people are really, really important to me more than anything. You're just letting them know they're feeding the right food. So, um, and of course, Bill Jack also is a, is a movie animal trainer. We also they have these treats and they've always had, you know, treats, but now they've come up with a lot of different flavors of, of, of treats. And I'm a huge fan of what's called these little jacks. And although there are for little dogs, I use them a lot for some of the bigger dogs just because I don't have to break up the other treats in smaller pieces. So, so anyways, they're, you know, they're available in the Petco's and Pet Smarts and things like that and, and, you know, Pet Supermarket, you know, as well. So but listen, I swear by them because, you know, I had gotten a couple of samples and I stopped at a friend's house who had, you know, two dogs and a couple of cats and the dogs went crazy for it and the cat liked it. And, you know, I have at home, and every once in a while, you know, I have two cats besides my main Coon. They love it. I know it's really for dogs, but, eh, you know, nobody's looking, and once in a blue moon, <laughs> it fun. really doesn't matter. But I've been to, you know, other friends that have many dogs. You know, a lot of people i uh, friends with are rescue people, and rescue mm-hmm. people have no less than eight dogs. And they go crazy for it that when I show up again, they remember me because of the treats. So I've yeah. trained them <laughs> that the I'm a treater. <laughs> That's funny. And the treats, you know, they smell really good, too. I mean, my attitude is the fact that if it, when you smell them, it's, they, they actually they don't smell bad at all. They smell good. And I think that's something that's more appealing. So if you're smelling something, the first thing you're going to do a lot of times, if you've never, you know, fed these, these treats, you're going to open the bag and smell them. A lot of people, we just do that. It's right. just a natural human thing. So if it smells pretty good, then you're like, okay, well, that sounds, you know, that sounds pretty good. So anyways, it's kind of a great story. And as I said, I tell people all the time, they, you know, if you have any questions, they're more than welcome to email me. Just go to my website, which is joelsilverman.net, fill out the form. I'll answer anything about Bill Jack you'd like. And as I said, I personally know Bob Kelly, who's the owner and the president of Bill Jack, good friend, good people. It's a family-owned business. The stuff's made right in, uh, it's in Mar- the factories are in Maryland. It's made, it's made in the United States. Always has been, always will be. And uh, just just really, really great, great people. But we're excited because, you know, one of the reasons we're talking today is people looking for, you know, New Year's resolutions and things like that. And I thought that I could maybe share with the, the listeners something that on um, New Year's resolutions, a um, couple things they can do with their pet. Because I think what happens is the year goes on sometimes, just like anything else, you know, you kind of forget a little bit. And you get so sometimes stuck in a groove. Somebody like, yeah, you do. We, do. we all do, you know, with everything in life, you know. So I thought it'd be great to kind of um, give them a little information. Wonderful. So, Okay, we're ready. I got my pen and paper. All right. So two things. So two things we're going to talk a little bit about. The one is going to be your pet's activity level and then exercise. And then the second thing is training uh, because I'm a dog trainer. So as far as the exercise level is concerned, I think what happens is, you know, we all, especially a lot of people live in apartments or live in, you know, smaller places or whatever where the dogs need some exercise and they really need to get that exercise. They really need to get that you know, and there's different ways of going about it. And I think what happens is sometimes people take the dog out, you know, for a walk, you know, once. And at the end of the day, they, they, you know, life kind of gets in the way. They don't get the opportunity to walk them. So, you know, to disciplining yourself again, you know, coming back and just to basically saying when you come back at home at night, saying, you know, I really need to 
to take the dog to walk. I really need, need to a lot, give, give myself another 20 minutes to, to walk the dog or to exercise the dog in some way. There's different ways of exercising. People also, based upon the dog, Dutch is my dog. She's a Border Collie Australian Shepherd mix. She's a very high prey drive dog. She's a dog that needs needs exercise. She needs to be doing something. In my situation, I'm training her. I, I, I focus everything into training. If I wasn't training her, I would, you know, take her to the park and throw the ball because she's crazy over the ball. But the bottom line is, is I'm giving her a job and she's, you know, she's she's getting her exercise by doing what we're doing. And we go for walks and we uh, do a lot of stuff. We play for, play with her and things. But that's kind of her story. I tell people that if you're looking for ways to exercise your dog and you maybe next year you're like, you know, is there something else I can be doing? Agility training is great. And basically in almost every city, they have some sort of organized professional agility instructors that are out there. And it's not necessarily you're going to go and compete with your dog against other people. It's a human animal type of thing. And that's all it is, is you just go and teach your dog to go through different things. There's a little course. If you want to go and compete, you can do that. But the bottom line is it's just something that gives you the opportunity to really build a great relationship with your dog and at the same time also give your dog a lot of exercise as well. I've seen some of that. Really it's too. fabulous for an animal. They love yeah. it. Especially yeah, if they're high-energy animal. High-energy animals and also two other things, fly ball, which is another very, very high-energy thing where dogs go across these hurdles, jump over the hurdles, and at the end of this, at the end, there's like a wall, and the dog is, this little plunger, dog hits this little thing, and the, dog, the ball pops out of this little plunger, and the dog grabs it, turns around, and runs back over these hurdles. It's a really, really high-energy thing. It's called fly ball, F-L-Y-B-A-L-L. That's something that's really good. And then also dock diving. And that's where dogs basically are, you know, they, they throw they throw a ball or throw a lure off a, and the dog runs off this thing and jumps into a pool and they dive in the pool and they swim, you know, to the side and they just repeat it again. And so dock diving. So those, are, those three things are really, really great if you're looking for something organized that's more high energy as well. So that's the exercise. Um, that's and kind where, of the where would somebody find that in their local city? Well, I would recommend people do this. Nowadays, Google is great. So if you just Google flyball or Google agility training and whatever city you're in, that's all you need to really do. And you'll you'll find somebody in your city or close to your city. It's become, it's a national thing, you know. Yeah, well, well, people today, I mean, you know, when you were talking about you getting your start and doing a lot of things in the 90s, today, people and the pet business, I constantly push, you know, on my uh, Facebook page that, you know, we live different lifestyles now that I always try to get people to adopt more than one pet, whether it's a dog and a cat or it's two dogs. You know, we're not living sure. in little little homes anymore. We have a lot of electronics. And if you could have more than one cell phone, you could certainly have more than one dog. No, you're, and yeah, that's a that's a good point. And something added to that is is the fact that things have changed. You know, I was a I was a keynote speaker at a conference about uh, about four or five years ago, and one of the things we talked about was the ch- the way things have changed in in the animal world. I mean, everything. I mean, as far as your veterinarian, you know, the veterinarian. I mean, there's just so many more things that we know now. Cleaning their teeth that we didn't know. <laughs> 20 years, yeah, 20 years ago, the things we didn't know, the foods that you look at 20 years ago, the types of dog foods there were 20 years ago versus now. Not only the brands, but just that within the brand, within their umbrella, all the different types, you know. I mean, Bill Jack right now, I mean, they have a grain-free dog food that I feed. You know, they, have, they actually have grain-free dog food. And so, and a lot of these, do- a lot of these different foods now have grain-free, along with everything else that they have, you know, whether it's overweight dogs, dogs for, you know, food for overweight dogs, older dogs, younger dogs, you know, whatever. 
And then, of course, the training techniques have changed a lot from the last, you know, in the last 20 years as well. And there are a lot of different styles that are out there. And that's why, you know, my style, I talk a lot about, and, you know, people ask a lot about it. And that is what's called, a, that's a, I'm, I'm what's called a balanced dog trainer. I don't believe there's one necessarily one style to training, one way to train a dog. The best owners and the best trainers across the nation that I've met are people that have, A, taken the time and gotten to know a dog and built a great relationship with a dog and great built some trust, and B, train the dog based on that dog's personality, not based on one type of training, uh, you know, style. It's based on that personality. And that's why my What Color Is Your Dog style. Yeah, I was going to you know, ask you about it, that. It's very, very interesting that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, your dog is one of five colors, red, orange, yellow, green, or blue. And the way it works is you're going to assess your dog. And we start in the middle of the spectrum. That's a yellow dog. And we say mellow yellow. Some dogs are naturally yellow. Some dogs are yellow because over the course of time, they've had an owner that has just socialized the dog really well. You know, you've seen dogs like that before that were like, they were a certain way, but they just mellowed out and they got better. Well, the reason is it's not because they got better. It's because the owners took the time and socialize the animal and train the animal and do all these things. So that's a yellow dog. And then as we start moving to the end of the one of the spectrum, next to a yellow, we have an orange. The orange is going to be a kind of a high-strung dog, kind of pacing, barking a little bit. Not too crazy, but just, you know, that's the orange dog. But then on the other side, we have the red dog. Further away, we have that red dog. And red dog is very, very high-strung. It's not on the ground. He's going to be barking. He's going to be lunging. So the reds and the orange, those two dogs are warmer-colored dogs. As we move away on the other side of the spectrum, away from the yellow dog, we have a green dog, which is they're going to be timid, they're going to be apprehensive, they're going to be cautious, tail, you know, maybe tail down, but you're going to learn, you know, kind of a little concerned, not really afraid, but they're concerned. And then, then on the other side of that, we have the blue dog, which is afraid of everything. You walk into a house, he runs under a bed. Very few, very few dogs, very, very low percentage of dogs are blue dogs. Blues and greens are what we call the cooler color dogs, okay? So we have a blue and a green, then we have the yellow, orange, and the and the red. Now that I've explained kind of the, the color scheme, I always tell people in my seminars, we, if we have a warmer dog, a dog that's just high-strung, you know, very, very active, we have a cooler dog that's kind of timid, my question is, would we, ever, would we ever train those dogs the same way? Absolutely not. Those techniques differ like night and day. The blues and greens need motivation. We need to find a way to motivate those dogs and bring them out of their shells, high-value treats using Bill Jack treats or any other high-value treat just bring them out of their shell, and we want to just, you know, expose those dogs and just really, really nurture and build up those per- that personality, expose the dog to everything, just make everything a fun thing. Life is great. But the reds and oranges, we don't necessarily want to do that with them. They're already high-strung. If we take out a high-value treat or if we just start getting all excited with them, they're already there. We need to calm them down, okay? And then you need to find a way to control the dog and calm them down, but still going to give them positive reinforcement. Treats, if treats are not going to get them high-strung, that's great. It might be to where you're not, you're not going to use a treat. You're going to use a little bit of treats, but primarily a tactile reward, which is just petting the animal. But the good news is your dog will change colors. A red dog can become orange. Orange can become yellow. Blue could become green. Green can become yellow. They can always move to the center of the spectrum. And that's kind of my style. Right. But, you know, animals, especially animals that are adopted, they all come with baggage, and it takes time for them to relax and gain the trust of who they're with You're because correct. you know you, how you, many you people cannot, you can you, yeah, everybody you learns different everybody learns in a different way you could not have said it better and that is so important because it's so important to understand that 
you know, we have baggage. You know, people have baggage. And for people to think that a dog that comes from an animal shelter is not going to have baggage is just wrong. And it doesn't mean anything bad. It's just the fact that, you know, with a dog that is a blue dog, this is why I wrote this book and this is why I have this style. I want people to know what's in front of them. Why tell people they have a dog, that you're adopting a dog, that everything is going to be hunky-dory, that it's not going to be hunky-dory. It's going to, be, it's going to take some time to work with this dog. We want people to know that. Right. And we want people to have some sort of direction and let them know, hey, listen, we're not hiding anything from this. This is the type of dog it is. This dog will get better. It's got some baggage. But, and here's how you work with it. And that's, that's really my style. Right. That's a great way to be because with people, animals learn differently. When I brought my uh, Maine Coon home, my female, she had just lost her mate and it was time because she looked very lonely. She hid under the bed. Well, you know what? I didn't listen to the shelter when they said, keep them separate for 10 days. <laughs> really? I let him out. He understood. He stayed under that bed for 24 hours with her. When they came out, they were going steady. And he, yeah. to this day, she walks somewhere, he's always behind. And, you know, he's twice the size of her. But I have something like agility. It's like one of these tubes for cats. It's made out of nylon. It's maybe, right. maybe it's two feet, three feet. He loves to run through that thing. I mean, he just, you know, so I was thinking once I could train him to go on a leash because I'd love to show him off and, you know, take him to a pet supermarket because he just is the friendliest animal. I've I've never had an animal and I've had a lot of, you know, dogs and cats, but I've never had an animal as sweet and as kind as this animal. I, I think it's Maine Coon and I think he was loved. He was chipped. He never is skittish, so nobody ever mistreated him. I think either sure. he got out and got lost, and it's my good luck, but he is truly a wonderful animal. I think the next cats I will ever, I will always get a Maine Coon. They're a lot of work. You have to brush them, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the other, the other good cat is I did a, a commercial with a cat, uh, a Bengal before. It was probably one of the best commercials I did, and, and they, very, 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 very nice cat. Very, very cool cats. Bengals are a lot, they're kind of the same personality. But anyways, but yeah, so, uh, but the Bengals are, the Bengal cats are really, really, people do a little research on them. They're a lot like dogs. It's really funny, their, their personalities. And they like water too, and uh, in general, but very, very cool. They're beautiful. Not, I have anyways, a friend who has one, and they are beautiful animals. But I didn't yeah. know that oh, you yeah. could adopt them. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, actually, they'll come as mixed, you know, kind of, again, mixed breed, but they're actually, they're breeders, you know, that, um, that actually breed them. And that's the one I use. I used to, uh, I used to breeder in, um, I met her at a trade show in, um, or a cat show in, um, Hartford, Connecticut, actually. And I, we did the commercial in New York. So it was very, very cool. So. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'll tell you, I really appreciate you coming on. We learned a lot of stuff, and I'd love to have you on again. And I just want to really thank you and tell everybody, what is the website again? So if they're interested in your books or if they also want to do a marathon on your videos and learn things. <laughs> it's joelsilverman.net. Thank you so much, Joel. A happy and a healthy thank new you. year. I'll speak thank to you, you soon. Thank you and same to your listeners, okay? Bye-bye. Okay, time to call off the dogs. We'll be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. My Golden Retriever Sundance is a lot more playful now. She has more pep and energy. Tons of energy. Happy the rescue dog is happy the healthy dog. Petey is having fun again. He's got a shiny coat 
and a good healthy weight. Molly's been having four scoops a day. She pushes her little bowl all the way across the room, emptying every last single crumb. She has slimmed down and gotten this puppy look. She's got life. She's got energy. We get asked all the time when we're at shows, how do you get your dog so healthy and shiny and glossy? D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. Just feed your dog right. Do the Dynavite. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. I'm back and I wanted to talk to you about reindeer. And um, I've done some research and it just seems that reindeer and caribou over 20,000 years of domestication are basically separate. But reindeer are especially very interesting. Number one, the males, they shed their racks much earlier in the winter and the uh, females much later. So that means that the reindeer that Santa Claus is riding on are female. That's probably why he does not need any directions because they know where to go. Also, their hoofs are very different. Reindeer's hoofs, depending on the time of year, it's very soft for the moss and the grass. And then it changes and it gets a harder coat for the winter months where it could, you know, handle the ice and the snow. I think that's very interesting. And their coat. Their coat has so much space in between the hair, it's like hollow, that it traps in all of their heat, which they're just amazing animals. They could migrate 3,100 miles per year, and they could move 23 miles per day. That's, like, amazing. They're just amazing. And another wonderful thing that I never heard of any animal being able to do is they see ultraviolet rays. And that, I think, is is just amazing. Now, they're also called bulls and cows for the females and calves for the babies. And 90 minutes after a calf is born, they could actually run and run miles. And their milk is different. They have very rich buttermilk. It's got all kinds of wonderful, wonderful things in it. And it's just funny that different times of year prompt different things. Thank you, everybody. I'm so glad that you stopped in. And I want to thank our guest, Joe Silverman, again. And next time, it'll be the new year. I want to wish you a very happy and a healthy new year. And remember to live life unleashed. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand 
only on PetLifeRadio.com.